BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Good morning. Maybe it's a brand new day. Experience a different tomorrow with Norwegian Cruise Line. Book today and get 50% off your cruise to Alaska, Europe, and beyond. Plus, everyone can enjoy their vacation with free unlimited open bar, free specialty dining, and more. Visit ncl.com, call your travel advisor, or 1-888-NCL-CRUISE. Offer ends soon. Norwegian Cruise Line, Ships Registry, the Bahamas and USA. Restrictions apply. The rest of my life gonna start today. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Hello and welcome to the Keeper Cup Podcast, a proud member of the PitcherList Podcast Network. We are back with you after a week off, a couple weeks without me, and we're now we're now all here. Pete's here, this is Chad, and we're we're ready to go. Get into the stretch run here. So we're we're almost almost into September for those those final days of the season. Pete, how was your how was your time off? Uh, it was nice. It was nice. I mean, this is not a not a heavy lift, so I'd say it was just just about like every other week. But it's good to have you back here in in the Keeper Cut Studio, our our multi state studio. That's right. <laughs> I guess it's a studio. We each have our own studios, kind of. Yeah, um, I guess yeah. So. No, it's uh, you know, it's weird. I between the podcast and the writing, it's not like it's a a ton that I do that I was away from. 
while I was gone, but it was sort of nice not to be like, just not to have a couple things on the schedule, a little bit, a little bit more free time. Um, sure. But I got totally disconnected from baseball. And so in, in you know, this, this episode today is we are recording this on Monday, the 28th of August. It is going to come out on Wednesday, the 30th. That is the day before the auto new trade deadline. So we're going to, we're going to talk about some, I don't know, trade questions that we've gotten from listeners, but another piece of this episode, and Pete, I didn't really prepare you for this. So uh, there's going to be a couple of, wait, this happened? I had no idea that happened coming from me because I'm hearing bits and pieces of news about players and I'm like, oh, really? So I I, I may need you to catch me up on some news and then we can discuss what that might mean for for some of the players. There's some interesting things that have been going on. As long Before, as you know that Shohei Otani has a torn UCL, because I don't, yeah. I don't think I'd be able to like break that news to somebody. No, okay. I'm aware. As long I'm as aware. you're well aware, All we're right. gonna, we're actually probably going to start with that once we get into this. Because we got a trade question, trade related question about him as well. Uh, so we can probably dive right into that. But first, it is episode one thirteen, and we need some. Uh, some number 13 players. And I mean, there's, there's a guy who sort of stands out, but he only really wore it for about half his career. And that's, that's Alex Rodriguez. He is, I, I think fairly clearly the best player ever to be meaningfully associated with the number 13. Roberto Clemente wore it for one season. I don't think that really counts. And then, there's nobody else really in that stratosphere. Uh, Zach Winky Ward for two years, David Cohn for one. This is, by the way, in order of baseball reference war, because that's how it's sorted here. Uh, Manny Machado is legit number 13, but he has uh, quite literally less than half the career war of Alex Rodriguez. I, I think Machado isn't even really on pace to be A-Rod, although maybe there's a point in his career where he could have been. And then you get into like, Omar Vizquel, a guy named Claude Passo, who I've definitely never heard of. Dave Concepcion, Lance Parrish. It's it's not a it's not a super storied number down in the the bottom here. So I, I think even though I know you're not going to be a fan of it, I think it's got to be the A Rod episode. Oh no, I I'd much rather be the A Rod episode than uh, you you curiously stopped at Lance Parrish. Um, and left off Carl sure Crawford. Is, yeah, it's sure as hell not the Carl Crawford episode. So <laughs> um, I, I will gladly go with A-Rod. I'd rather go with Machado. I'm not one of those people that actually hates A-Rod, though. I just kind of don't really I just don't really care about him. Like I, I was 15 in 2007, and I think that was like the greatest individual season I I, I can like remember. Like I, maybe statistically there's been better ones, but, yeah. you know, I, it, it literally felt like every single day. He hit a home run. Every, and I know that's not true because he only hit like fifty something. But it was like every single day he hit a home run. Yeah, I mean, it, it's still amazing to think that like the Mariners went from being built around Griffey to being built around A Rod had basically nothing to show for it at the end, but just some insane, insane talent to to come up. Of course, Randy Johnson eventually, yeah, Ichiro, they, you know. Right, that's the thing. They, it's not like they didn't have other talent around those guys, but man, 
those two in particular just really stand out as just among the best ever. So, yep, A-Rod, it's your episode. I hope you enjoy it. With that, we will dive into our our questions from our listeners. And as I, I hinted before, we're going to start off with some Shohei Otani talk. And, I, you know, I'll start off with, as I said, I, I was away. I was not so far removed from the baseball world that I missed the Shohei Otani news. But we're still in a bit of limbo with him. We know he's got a torn ACL, UCL not ACL. That'd be a whole different thing. A torn UCL. We know that he isn't going to pitch again this year. And that's kind of it. We don't know if he's going to go get Tommy John surgery. I I would think that if he were going to, he'd want to do it now and get it done with. So he's like really ready to go for 2025. Um, We don't know who he's playing for next year. We don't know if the plan is for him to get Tommy John and then come back and pitch, or if this is like it's time for him to be done as a starter pitcher. We don't like there's just so much up in the air, which is what leads to the the question we got from uh, Ryan Beck. He's on Twitter at Beck Rye AC. Said, "What the heck do I do with fifty eight dollars Shohei Otani?" He also notes this absolutely not a question about League Thirteen. League Thirteen is the Fangraph staff league that. Beat you and I are both in. So he he does have Otani there, and that is why he's asking. Um, he got a reply from Jeff Long saying he traded his $61 Otani. It's a $61 Otani for a $4 Shane Boz, a $2 Pete Crow Armstrong, a $1 Jordan Lawler, and a $2 Colson Montgomery. And you know, Ryan then points out that he's he's in the hunt. Like he's gonna. Ryan's either going to win his division in that league or finish second and be the the top wildcard team and go into the playoffs. And Otani is still the best utility bat in auto new. Like, I mean, and that's not just best utility bat because he's utility. Like he's the best bat in auto new right now, I believe. And so he can't really, he doesn't know what to do about that. Yeah. So I, I think starting point for this this conversation, I think we're, we're going to need to get into a conversation about his his future value and, and how different things might impact his value. If you are contending right now, and I, and Pete, I, I'm curious to get your take on this, but my, my feeling is if you're contending right now and Otani's hurt, you have to basically treat it like you just lost an ace and figure out what you can do about that. And you can't really cut or trade Otani. Because you're not going to be able to replace his offensive production. So I think I, I would have to trade him, actually, because I, if I'm contending, I'm worried at any moment that the Angels or more likely Otani's team, Otani's agent, whoever, him and his is going to pull. Yeah. They're going to pull the carpet out and they're going to give him the surgery, uh, which sucks because he is going to be able to hit. I mean, he had his surgery last time when he had Tommy John. He had it October 1st. And he was hitting in May and he hit well in 2019. So it's kind of a like it sucks because it's it's not like McClanahan where like if you somehow had a let's just for the sake of argument, it didn't exist. Had like a five dollar Shane McClanahan. Like it sucks to trade that, but like he's gone. You're not going to you're never going to get that value back anyway. He wasn't going to be a cut, but now he is. and, And at least you can get something for him. Otani, you probably still would keep. But if you're in contention, I'd try to see what I can get. And but I would. 
I would approach trades with Otani as like with that information. Like, look, yeah, he's probably not going to pitch in 2025. Like, I'd be surprised in 2024. I'd be surprised if he did. But at some point, he's going to come back as, like you said, one of the best hitters in baseball. And since this news broke, I think he has still homered and stole like three bags or something ridiculous. Like, yeah, he's still clearly hitting. And if I remember correctly, it's like the opposite elbow that he relies on for hitting that like his left elbow is is what's most important for his swings because he, he, he bats right handed. So he's I don't know. They were talking about this on FBT. I keep mixing it up. But bottom line, it's not the most important elbow for hitting. So hmm. he should still be able to hit well. It's it, it might not even be like yeah. a Bryce Harper needing to the power to come back like this guy might just hit the ground running as soon as he gets back at the plate obviously so are you expecting otani like it sounds like your expectation right now is he's gonna have tommy john he'll be back hitting you know maybe by opening day but if not opening day probably you know may ish and then you're still assuming he is a full-time starting pitcher. Maybe it means a six-man rotation, whatever, but a generally full-time starting pitcher as of the, the start of 2025, more or less. That I don't know. Um, I think that should be his approach, right? I, I think this completely changed his contract negotiations. Uh, like, I think it's probably more likely at this point we see almost like a Verlander deal, right? A very short-term, massive money um, for considering it's a short-term deal where... He hits, and as soon as he can start pitching again, he's hopefully going to hit free agency, and he can still walk into that mega deal because he'll still be relatively young. So I, as a fantasy manager, I don't know how much hope I'd be holding out for his pitching future. I mean, it's it's also just a second Tommy John. Like, yeah, last right. time he had it in October, and he was hitting in May. Could that mean just because he has it in September, that doesn't necessarily mean he comes back in April because it's a second one, and it takes him longer to rehab? Like, I, I think that's within the realm of possibility. I guess it, to answer the question point blank, I, I would at the the most I would expect is that I'm not getting any pitching in 2024. I think you, you need to approach him that way. Yeah. So if that's the case and you're talking about, you know, Ryan asking like a $58 Shohei Otani, what are you trading him for? I mean, like I, I'll just say like, but I don't know. Like I'm looking at like this return that, that Jeff got $4 Boz, $2 Peaker Armstrong, $1 Jordan Lawler, $2 Colson Montgomery for a $61 Otani. And are you keeping a $63 Otani next year? That's an <laughs> awful lot for a guy who's going to be a util only bat. Yeah, and but that- he's not just any util only, to be fair. Right? I mean, I mean he's he's a pretty... Like there are some guys who I don't mind putting at utility because they're that damn good. Yeah, you know, Otani obviously fits that bill. No, he he absolutely does. I do think it's worth keeping in mind that like, you know, this year he is putting up as a hitter. Give me one second. He is putting up as a hitter eight point eight eight points per game. <laughs> that is an absurd number. He was at 6.23 points per game last year, 7.03 the year before that, which are very, very good numbers, but are not necessarily necessarily going to immediately justify a mid-60s price point. The, The challenge is that if you believe he's going to come back and pitch in 2025, you're also buying in. You're effectively buying 
that utility bat and the future value of his arm. And that's that's a, an interesting thing to be buying in on, right? And, and you have to figure out how to value that. But I think you have this interesting debate of like, let, let's take the trades out of it for a moment. Let's assume you've got, you know, there is somewhere out there in the Auto New Universe, a you know, $75 Otani that becomes an easy cut this offseason. What are you paying for that Otani at auction? Ooh, man. I think I know me and I, I'm going to want to compete and I'm going to look at it like, oh man, this is probably a second Tommy John. Like it's, it's too much, but if it was under $50, like I think, I, I think I'd be in it under 50 bucks. Like I, I, you got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. I don't think I'd spend 51. I think I, I, I'm sorry. I don't think I'd spend 50. I think I would spend 49. Interesting. I, I think it, it's such a tough choice because I think that at 50-ish dollars, somewhere in there, you're getting potentially fair value, right? He's a $50 bat probably. But if he comes back healthy and able to pitch, he suddenly again becomes a $70, $75 value in 2025. And so am I willing to go up to 55 56 57 with the idea that I'll have him at sub 60 when he's back to his full self. I I think if I were confident that he's going to be back to his full self, but right now I just, I don't know what the plan is going to be. We don't know what team he's going to sign for. We don't know what they're going to plan to do with him. We don't know what he's going to do. Like, you know, one possibility is that he, they, they come out of this and he and his team are like, he's a right fielder now. Right. And given his athleticism and his arm, he could be a great right fielder. And so there'd be a lot of teams lining up to pay for that. One of the things I've been sort of wondering is like, is there a scenario where a team decides they're going to move him to the bullpen and limit the stress on his arm, but use it like think about how his stuff would play up as a closer. And you could use him as your DH and bring him in out of the bullpen when you need him. I don't know how that would work with the Otani rule. Like the idea that you could have your starting pitcher leave the game as a pitcher, but stay in as a hitter. I don't know how that would work in the other direction. If they move their DH to a, to the mound, do they, is that still two separate things? I don't know. So like, there's a lot of stuff that's sort of, I think sort of up in the air about what direction things move. And I think that's enough that it would make me hesitant to want to keep him or buy him at auction at much more than, I'd probably go a little higher than you, but not a lot more. I think at like 55, I start to be like, eh, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Which gets me back to Ryan's question of what do you do with a $58 Otani if you're contending? And I don't think you can trade him because I don't think you're going to find a trade for him that's going to be productive for you. I like, What are you going to get in a trade for him that's better than just slotting him in as your util every day for the next month? So, I mean, again, it's it's a risk tolerance question because they're, the Angels are mathematically not eliminated and maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's a pride thing. Otani's like, hey, I want to I wanna 
get us yeah. there. Like they, they didn't trade me. They committed. They went out and they bought like crazy. And unfortunately, it's blown up on them. I think that sucks. But that's a conversation for another day. Sure. And and so maybe that's what it is. But the second that that he's he finally wakes up and is like, all right, you know what? There's a lot of money invested in this arm. I need to have the surgery. I need to get back as soon as possible. Um, I think he's done. And so if I can get 80% of what he is at the plate, which is a ton, that that's yeah. asking a lot, even 80%. But if I can get close to 80% and like a prospect that I like, if I'm competing, who's, I'm who's going to trade you that? Who's going to trade you that? Well, what's what's 80% of Otani? Because at this point, money doesn't matter, right? If you're the team that's, that's buying Otani. Uh, that'd be a, that'd be a lot. I was thinking is that almost more like ninety like, percent. That's maybe more like ninety five percent. I was thinking Yelich? like Kyle Schwarber, sure Yelich, Schwarber. If I can get that and I, name name a, a, a prospect that's pretty good, like if so I get that, you, then let me I ask you it. a different question. You are a team that is. I mean, it sounds like if you're a contender, you're not going to make that trade the other direction. If you're a contender and and you've you're not going to give up your Yelich or Oh God, Schwarber no, no. plus a prospect for him. I don't think so. If you're a, if you're a, so that means that if you are out of contention, you're you're you know I've, I've got a team like let's say let's actually use this example here. We got a good example right now. League One is the you know the original league. Uh, Niv Shah, who is the man who you know created and built Auto New, he is in first place. He has a $57 Otani. So right in the same price range we're talking about. My team is in some lower place. Doesn't matter what it is. It's a low place. It's not the bottom, um, but it's low. I have a $26 Christian Yelich. I also have a $23 Eloy Jimenez, $15 Randy Rosarena. You know, guys who sort of generally somewhat fit the bill of what you're talking about. If you're me, would you offer up Yelich and a prospect for a $57 a ton? I think so. Why? Because you just said I, you, you just said you would pay more than 50 for him at auction next year. So I why just, am I trading for him? Well, I, right off the bat, I mean, I think we need to say who the prospect is because like the the person who tweeted at us got Jordan Lawler. I'm not giving up Jordan Lawler in this yeah. kind of trade. But l- let's use Sedan Rafaela. He just got called up. Yeah. He's a top 100 prospect, right? According to some lists. Fine. Not elite top I, 100 guy. Yeah. If it's costing me him and Yelich, let's look at these three players, right? As somebody who is months away from having to make any kind of big decisions in regards to my roster. Do I want a $1 Sedan Rafaela and a, how, how much was Christian Yelich? 26, I think. $26 Christian Yelich, who's going to be 28. Or... Maybe Shohei Otani. I, I just want the more interesting player going forward. Like I know, and, and Yelich is maybe not the best example. I know we both like him and he's kind of having a monster season here. But if, if we replace that name with Kyle Schwarber, like I, I'm just taking Otani. And, and you know what? Maybe all three would have ended up being cuts. But when I make that decision, I want to be the guy with Otani and just see where that those, those cards fall. Um, because if he has surgery tomorrow, and the prognosis looks good. And the Angels are, or, or his camp is saying, you know, we, we expect him to be hitting by the end of April. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, if, if Otani's spring training ready, 
then yeah, I'll, I'll take him at 57 bucks. Uh, maybe not even spring training. If he's opening day ready, then I'll, I'll take Otani at 57 bucks. I just have, I, I drew my line at 50 because I have hesitations about him actually being ready then. But in this hypothetical situation, we're still at a point where we don't know. Could he be ready by then? If he falls the same timeline as he did last time, and he has that surgery very soon, before well, October well, 1st, then he could. Let's go back. And, let, me, let me ask a question differently then about his value. Because when you, when you cut it off at 50, I think you were making some different assumptions than I was. Let's use a different timeline. It's March 10th. You're in your auction. Otani's available. He's hitting. He's in their lineup in spring training. Oh, that's different. How much are yeah. you paying for them? He is like, let's assume he's not throwing a pitch next year, but he's working his way back from Tommy John. He's already get back in the lineup. We are guaranteed or as close to guaranteed as we can be that he'll be in the opening day lineup for whoever he's playing for. We obviously won't know, you know, there'll only be so much certainty about his pitching future because he won't It'll have be been back on the mound yet. But yeah. if we if let's say it's it's March, we are confident he's going to be ready for opening day unless there's a setback or something like that. But the expectation is he's ready to go. He is planning to come back as a starting pitcher in 2025 pending rehab, but that's that's the plan. What what becomes your cutoff at that point? Pro- I I would just treat him like a top 5 hitter and I'd probably go as high as 60 bucks. Okay. I mean, I, I went 59 on Acuna this year in a first year auction, and I think I, I would have probably gone as high as like 63, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. So yeah. in in that ballpark, like I, I view him not in five by five, right? But in fan graph points, I, I view him in the same light as any other hitter. So 60, 60 bucks probably. Okay. I just, I, I, think- I don't know if he's going to meet that. That's, that's real rose colored glasses. Yeah, I just think I think you're actually more optimistic than me about his long term value in that, like, I just don't think I would pay $60 for a util bat. Even if I were confident he was going to be ready for opening day. And I don't think that like that's where that's where I was saying, like, you know, start getting into the mid upper 50s. I start getting a little antsy and thinking it's a bit much. So. It's an interesting one. I to me, I think like I have no problem trading my twenty six dollar Yelich in League One, but I don't know that Otani's the return I want at that point. Oh, that's a different story. I mean, yeah. obviously, if you shopped Yelich, you're going to get a lot of bites, and if you could get a package that you like a little bit more, I would totally understand that. Just in yeah. a vacuum, I'm just more interested in taking that's a shot fair. on Otani. I think then getting back to Ryan's question. I think what what your your advice is basically if you can get a good solid bat plus a sweetener, you would do it. Go win the league. I well so, no, not that one actually. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are both gonna be in the playoffs in there. So you know Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah. I will say from my perspective, I don't think there will be a trade out there that Ryan can make. And so I That's I probably true. and I and I think it's because I I just don't buy into people being confident in Otani as a keeper at 60 bucks next year, which means that the teams that are not contending aren't going to want to buy him. And if you're a contender, are you real like how much you are you willing to give another contender certainty and take on all that risk? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. And so 
I kind of think if you have like a high 50s or higher Otani and you're contending, you just have to roll with it. And if you're out of it and you had like a $58 Otani and you can trade him to a contender, I would do it. So like I look at that other deal where, where Jeff got Lawler and Boz and PCA and Montgomery. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on a deal like that. I think that's a cash in now because especially you get up above $60 with Otani, you're starting to push a level where it's like, Maybe he's a keeper. Maybe he's not a keeper. Like I could see stretch. I could see some teams stretching and keeping him at that price, but you're not, you're not losing something nearly as special as you thought you were a week or two ago. So yeah, with that, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll, we'll jump into some more listener questions. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, welcome back. Our next question comes from Matt C. He's at Matt underscore Choman, C-H-O-M-A-N on Twitter. He asks, "Would he actually has a, a, a slew of questions here. So we're going to go through all three of these. First one, are you keeping a $57 bets in auto new points? Having trouble guessing how much his multi-eligibility is worth. He does tell us it's League 569. So if you want to go look at his team, you can go check out League 569. You keep an A, you know, I, I, when he says a $57 bets, I'm assuming that means he'll be 57 next year. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you in at that price? <sighs> man, shortstop that is, eligible uh, Mookie bets. That is really, really pricey. I mean, shortstop, eh, whatever it, does he have the second base eligibility? I mean, these are five outfielder leagues. I think in a lot of cases you've got Mookie in the outfield anyway. Yeah. Um, well, he has, look, four, I, so he, his Mookie is fifty seven now, so he'll be fifty nine dollars next year. Mm. His team, his team is in, uh, I think in first. Yeah, his team's in first place at the moment. He's got. Looking at his middle infield, his next question is actually about keeping an eleven dollar Isaac Paredes, who's also going to have second base eligibility. He's got a six dollar Justin Turner, who he also asks about, who also has second base eligibility, and then he's got like a five dollar Miguel Vargas, who. I think you probably have to move on from. I don't think it's $7. Is that exciting sure. given how much he struggled? A $6 Nico Horner, who's a pretty good value. Um, $2 Luis Urias, who's been better lately, but not better enough. Nope, and then he's, he's got a 20, oh boy, he's got $27 Carlos Correa and $25 Wander Franco. So, so he yeah. has some holes at middle infield, I think. Right? I mean, you're. 
you're not counting on Franco. You're not keeping a $29 Correa. So even if you've got sort of Horner, Turner, and Paredes, who are all, I think, going to be second base only, I don't think Horner is going to keep shortstop. No, he is. Horner will keep shortstop, so that helps. But I think you can use bets in middle infield there. So you, you've got him sort of available for any position. That does boost his value. Ah, oh, man. Almost $60, though. I mean, I guess, like, you just said you were going to keep a $60, like, push up to 60 on Otani. Betts is basically Otani, but with middle infield eligibility offensively. He's at 8.58 points per game. It's not quite Otani. But, like I said, Otani really has only had a couple other years where he pushed up even close to that level. Whereas Betts, like, he's got a, an over nine point per game season, although it was back in 2018. But even since then, 7.52, 7.51, 6.41, 6.75. Like, he's about as good a bet as any to just be a top tier bat. And he's got middle infield eligibility. I, I don't think you're, you're hurting yourself by keeping him. I mean, mm-hmm. I, obviously, because it's Mookie Betts, but. I think it's 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 a very league specific question. I'd be thinking, having gone through however many auctions you have in this league, how much do you expect Mookie to go for? Like, yeah. if you think like he could go for fifty six, fifty, then just keep him, right? But if if you don't think people are going to go to sixty dollars for a guy who's going to be he's going to turn thirty two during the playoffs next year, <laughs> which is a really like stretch. He's thirty right now. He's going to turn right. thirty one in October. Um, but he, you know, he's, he's starting to get up there. He's only gotten better, right? The last two seasons, he has been absolutely ridiculous. Maybe that's not a factor, but if you think you can get him back at auction without a problem for cheaper, then okay. But if, if you think it's going to get close to that, which I I would bet it, it would then just hold on to him. Yeah. So let's go a different little like pivot on this team. This team has one, two, three, four, five has a total of six players. At $20 or more. They're all $25 or more, actually. Six players, seven players at $25 or more. Out of those seven players, three of them, I think, are fairly easy cuts. One of those is Wander Franco, who we should talk about in a, in a couple minutes here. One of those is a $27 Carlos Correa, who's just not been worth that this year. And then he's got a $60 Vlad Guerrero Jr., who... I really thought it was going to have a huge second half and and put up that $60 value, but he's at 5.36 points per game as a first baseman. Um, although supposedly he was wearing a third base glove today and taking grounders before the game, Matt Chapman just hit the IL. But I'll be honest, a 5.36 point per game third baseman is also not worth $62. So to me, Vlad's an easy cut. Correa's an easy cut. Franco's probably an easy cut. That leaves him with a $55 Juan Soto, who will be 57 next year, the $57 bets we talked about, and a $43 Corbin Burns. Realistically, he could keep one, maybe two of those guys. Is bets? I mean, bets has to be your first choice of those three. For sure. Choosing between a $57 bets, $55 Soto, $40. Dollar Burns. That's the first choice, right? It, yeah, Burns is not even a choice. So yeah, it's he really hasn't been that good this year. And I would, I would take bets right now. Yeah, and I could see a case for bets and Soto, um, for sure. But 
It's not I'm, like Soto's bad either. No. <laughs> but if I'm only keeping yeah. one of them, yeah, it's bad. So now the other two guys he asked about his $6 Justin Turner and his $11 Itak Perez. To me, those guys are both keeps and they're pretty easy keeps. I mean, Perez is putting up 5.67 points per game at, at second base and he started off really hot and slowed down and now he's picked it up again. And I don't really see any reason to think that he's not just a good well above five and a half point per game middle infielder, which is very valuable. And, and Turner, I mean, at six. So Turner, he's he's got some time to he's got some time to think about that. Uh, Turner has a player option, and he's almost definitely going to turn it down based on the season that he's had. And looking at at least one team that was reported to have heavy interest in Justin Turner at the trade deadline was the Miami Marlins. And if Justin Turner at his age went to the Miami Marlins with, you know, his power profile. And I, I just, all of a sudden I'm like, I don't think this is an $8 oh, gosh, player. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope he sticks around. He's been fun. He's awesome. But I, I, I think he's gone. And if that is the case, I'd be, I'd be a little worried about location. So the, the thing with Turner, I, I, I totally hear what you're saying about his, his age and potential park and stuff like that. But you go back and look at his history and like, you know, back from like 2017 to 2020-ish, he was just great. And then started to see a little decline, a 5.55 point per game 2021, which is still very good for a third baseman. 5.16 points per game, which starts to get questionable as a third baseman. That's what he put up last year. And that's where you started to get questions about his decline. And he's 7 million years old. Seven million. He's 38 years old. Like, is this the beginning of the end? And now he's had this huge year this year. And the reality is if you could bank on that huge year, like, yeah, he's an easy keep. Great. I think what's interesting about this Turner in particular is at $6, even if he regresses back closer to what he put up last year, as a second baseman who also has first base and third base eligibility and can move around as you need him, I don't think 8 bucks is a bad price for that. No, that's fair. So I, I think... You you are correct that like you know maybe he ends up in Miami. I can't really think of a much worse landing spot. I don't think there's anywhere else that I'd be like, oh god, why would he go there? But <laughs> if he ends up in Miami, I could see being like, uh, I don't know. But almost anywhere else he goes, yeah, eight dollars. I think that's I I think I guess the answer for for Matt here is yeah, I would I would probably keep that bets. Um, I if you don't want to keep bets if it's not how you want to spend your money if you want to have different money going into auction fine i'm not i'm not gonna i don't think that's some, like special price that you have to keep but i would probably keep him or at least feel comfortable keeping him and then both paredes at 11 dollars and turner at six dollars i think like one of those guys is your starting second baseman one of them's your starting middle infielder and then you've got horner at shortstop or bets at shortstop and if you have if you keep Horner and Betts and Turner and Perez, you either trade one of them over the season or over the offseason, or you move Betts to the outfield and you have those guys to bounce around as needed. And that's like having those four players to cover middle infield and days where you want them all in your lineups, then you, you put Betts in the outfield is a, a totally reasonable path to go. Or you put Perez or Turner at third base occasionally, like you have options there. So I have no problem keeping all three of those guys. I don't, I don't know if Turner will have the third base eligibility next year. He he does. He's he's earned third base eligibility already. Okay. Yes. He's uh 
It looks like he's played about he's had about seven starts at third base, which is enough. Okay. He he will lose it in ESPN then, but he will gain Got outfield it. in Yahoo. <laughs> just just cause. Yeah. They just they just feel like it. Third base is really close to the outfield. So <laughs> So our next question. Actually, before we go to our next question, it's the, the next question in our wait, this really happened. What's going on from my, my time away? Uh, oh, I God. did keep up on the Wander Franco news, but he just came up here. And so I thought we should we should at least address at this point. Like, are you doing anything with Franco? And I know you're a Franco fan, so you've got to have him on some rosters, right? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'll back up the Franco fan stance. You, um, sorry. I, I, <laughs> a few months ago, you were a fan of Franco as a baseball player. Yes. I, I'm yes, not trying to correct. imply anything about your uh, <laughs> his personal life or your thoughts on his personal life. No, um, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, you've got to have him on some rosters. And, uh, like, let's avoid getting in any sort of like legal speculation, anything like that. Yeah. There's nothing are, we can do there. There's nothing you can do. Are are you keeping him? Are you, I mean, not keeping him in the off season, but like right now, like this team that just asked us, that asked us about bets and Perez and Turner is a $25 Franco. He's got $5 in cap space right now. Are you cutting Franco? How much, to get how much is that the Franco again? 25 bucks. Oh, yeah, I'd cut him. If I'm competing, yeah, I'd cut him. Yeah. I mean, if you need I, like cap he, space. If you need the cap space for sure. I mean, I the only place where I can speak from like what am I actually doing? Um is I have Franco in the keeper cut listener league. Um of course I do, by the way, because if it can go wrong, it's going to go wrong on that team. <laughs> um so uh the only thing that I have done is I've gone into my roster organizer and I have moved him from my shortstop position to my cut. Is that what I'm going to end up doing? Probably. If not, okay. Um, I have Wander Franco. I don't know if I'd, I'd still want to roster him, even if he's back. That's kind of a separate conversation and, and depends yeah. on you know how you play as a player. But I there's only so much you can do. So I'm planning my point in bringing up the roster organizer is that I am planning on not having him, but I'm not like, I, I can't go out there and send offers. Like I, I don't, that just seems like a scummy move. I mean, yeah, we all, we all know what's going on with him, but it's just, so maybe it's not scummy, but it's like weird to go out and like try and flip Wander Franco. I, I, so roster I, organizer, put him in the cut section and just plan like you won't have him. If you end up with him and he's exonerated, then okay, cool. I just, I don't think it's going down that way. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's, there's a few different possibilities of how this could, this could play out. One is let's go with best case scenario is, you know, we, we've heard reports of, of multiple accusations. One of them was this girl who came out on social media. The other is a, a report of someone in, you know, coming, going to the police back in the Dominican. The, the best case scenario here would be it turning out that there's nothing to any of this, that it's just noise and that he's done nothing wrong. I think that's extremely unlikely at this point. And so that leaves me to like, there is a possibility that what, what comes of this is that baseball suspends him for an extended period of time and he potentially is back someday. But I also think there's a real possibility that he's played his last major league baseball game. 
that's uh that's what it feels like and if if in this if the middle scenario is that he's like suspended like if that's the like then I just I just want nothing to do with him. Like it's a gross I situation, agree. and 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 in that aside, again, I don't I don't need to get into the the morality of it, and like that it's a that's just not what we're trying to do, right? Yeah. But rostering a player who's forget about that again, just going to be suspended, and this isn't like he's being suspended for steroids or something. This is like, is he going to be welcome back in the locker rooms if he if he faces right. a suspension? Like I, his whole life is going to change. So I mean, the old, the closest example we have to this is the Pirates closer Felipe Vasquez, who's right? in prison, right? Who's in prison? Yeah, right. And I think I think we have you have to very strongly consider the possibility that Franco ends up in prison and or deported, right? Like, so I, I just think, I think there's a very good chance we never see him on a field again. And I'll be honest, unless I'm totally wrong and it turns out that this is all smoke and there is no fire and he's he's done, he gets like truly exonerated. I, to what point you made, like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with him. It's just, it's like if baseball is like, oh, 75 games and then you're, you're good to go. Like, I don't want anything to do with that. And so I, I think if I, I don't know, I was um, pr- probably incorrectly given the way he played this year, but I was, as you know, not as high on him as others. And so I don't have him anywhere. And so this is, I don't have to deal with this, but if, if I had him on a team in the twenties and I needed cap space, I'd cut him easily. There's no chance I'm keeping him in the off season. And honestly, if I have him and somebody comes to me and is like, hey, I'll trade you this for Wander Franco, I'm probably writing back to them and being like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Really? Like, that's the move you want to make? And if they're like, yeah, then I'm like, all right, I yeah. guess. Like, I, they were, but I, it's, I, it's bad. The Rays were taking down his stuff around the stadium. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, like, that's I, the thing that stood out to me when I started, when I got back and I heard some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've mentioned this getting back. I, I was in Australia and New Zealand for three weeks at the women's world cup. And so I was just sort of, there's not a lot of baseball talk in that part of the world. Uh, <laughs> so I, but when I got back and started to hear that, I was like, usually in these situations, I don't, I don't, not that this situation is usual, but usually in a situation where a player is facing some kind of a legal situation off the field and has to step away, you get statements from the player denying it. And from their agent saying like they will be exonerated, blah, 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 blah. And you often get statements from the team that are like, we can't comment on ongoing legal situations, but this player has our full support in, you know, taking the time to figure out what's going on. Right. This has been like, there was a weird, like, apparently there was like a weird Instagram post or something from Wander where he was like, he didn't deny it. He just was like, People are trying to get me. And then we've heard, I've heard nothing Ugh, from his agent. So and gross. the team, like you said, the team has made no statement in his support at all and has been literally distancing themselves. They got him out of the clubhouse almost immediately and have been, like you said, taking down any signage, any mention. Like they are, they are acting like they don't expect him back and they're happy about that. <laughs> Right. Like they just don't want him around and they don't want to be connected to him. And so that is, that's concerning. Yeah. So I, I think, 
just from our 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 second check in on something that happened sort of while I was away or grew, you know, became a bigger issue while I was away and I'm getting caught up on. I, I'm sort of in the same place as you guys, just like cut him, move on, don't plan on keeping him, don't plan on him being back. And unless something really unexpected happened, I just I don't want to be part of it anyway. So well, hey, let's get I mean to to kind of turn this positive. Usually this is like a bad thing when you get to talk about like, well, this does make room for a prospect. This is a good one. Like, good, get the hell out of here, Wander Franco, and let's see some Junior Caminero of my favorite yeah. minor league baseball team, the Montgomery Biscuits, who uh, just <laughs> looks incredible. So maybe the timeline on him is a little bit accelerated. Maybe there's it more of an be. opening there. Could be. Let's get back to baseball questions. The next question we got. Let's see here. Next question we got came from <laughs> came from at Burnwick John Ball the the brother oh, of Pete <laughs> says with the level of volatility at starting pitcher this year and nearly all top ranked starting pitchers out of spring training having varying degrees of disappointment or injuries is there less logic than ever to keep a high end starting pitcher at or above value as opposed to an above average hitter at or above value there's a lot going on there so, but but basically what his question boils down to is, should we be preferencing keeping expensive hitters rather than expensive pitchers, given how disappointing so many expensive pitchers have been? So I, I can tell you where this question is coming from, because the rules in my home league, my favorite league have changed. Um, they changed last year where ESPN gave us the ability and and I did this just so everyone knows I've said it before, but it was over a year ago. I wrote to ESPN that they made this change after I wrote to them. You're welcome. Where keeper value is associated with the round in which the player was drafted. And we have all these intricate rules about who you can keep and how much you can keep. And basically I set it up so that like if you had been keeping first round players for like the last 15 years, like you can still do that, but it's going to cost you. So anyway, People in this league have not adjusted. I don't think they understand that like if you have a player's worth a first round pick, but you pay a first round pick to keep him, you're not actually getting that much value. Like you're just not. And so there's people, and I think this includes my brother, who are still trying to adjust and realize that like there's major upside in keeping late round players at a good cost. And it's, it's a natural adjustment that this league is having. And so when I hear like above cost, like you shouldn't be paying more than you should to keep a player. So that is immediately out the window. And when it comes to pitchers, like, unfortunately, and this is such a cop out of an answer, but I was listening to rates and barrels and Eno was talking about this. And I think it was in the context of uh, the pull hitter podcast. They had done a uh, 2024 draft. It's like an early draft. draft. Yeah. Yeah. And the results were, were interesting. And, um, I think it was Eno that was talking about the struggles with, you know, Sarah's of the athletic was talking about the struggles of like trying to do something like that. And part of it is we don't know what the baseballs are going to be like, and we're not going to know what the baseballs are like, even in spring training. Right. We might have a little bit of an idea, but probably not. Um, But that makes keeping pitchers so, so difficult. So I, I think if you keep any player, it should be at, at a value. Right. Depending on mm-hmm. what the cost is, you want to keep them at value. And pitchers are inherently more risky than hitters. So I, I think that's always been the case. And I think that is still the case. So looking at the Rasball player rater right now, the top ranked starting pitchers, and I have to call that out because we're in a weird situation right now where Felix Bautista is the number two overall pitcher. 
on the Rasmus. Oh dear player God! Later. Please, please tell me you know the news on him as well. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. I did. Okay, all right. if, if you didn't notice, in <laughs> I don't want to break our, all this UCL information <laughs> in our in our podcast league. I bid twelve dollars on Cano. And did you have Batista? No. Oh, so that just sucks then. <laughs> For whoever had him, <laughs> for for the guy in second place, that sucks. Then, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, Cano. The funny thing is, I started the Cano auction before the Batista news because I had I'd had Cano earlier in the year and I'd cut him, and so I started the auction just to clear his cap penalty. Mm. And then well, the out. news broke while the auction was going on. I was like, well, I guess I'm put a bid in. Um, yeah. Anyways, but that's not the point. The point nice. is that. Here are your top, let's say your top four starting pitchers are Spencer Strider, 10th overall, Zach Gallen, 16th overall, Luis Castillo, 21st, Garrett Cole, 22nd. Let's assume that those are effectively the first four starting pitchers off the board next year, which seems about right. There might be other guys. I mean, looking down here. I think that's right. It's probably right. Like the next, the two next best starting pitchers by value this year are Zach Eflin and Justin Steele. And neither of those guys are going to be the first two starting pitchers off the board. I um, love hearing that Eflin name though. Love that. Yeah. That, yeah. So anyways, let's assume those are the first four ish guys off the board. The top hitters right now are Acuna, Otani, Betts, and Freeman. So Acuna, let, let, let's focus on Acuna, Otani, and Betts. Those guys are all going to be first-round picks, even if Otani's only hitting. Hitter Otani only will be a first-round pick next year. You probably have to give up a first-round pick to keep any of those guys. Correct. So now here's the situation I'm setting up for you. You can have your pick of Strider, of any of those four pitchers, Strider, Gallen, Castillo, Cole, whichever guy you want, for a second-round pick, or one of those hitters for a first round pick. Who are you taking? The hitter. What if it's a third round pick for the pitcher? I can have Spencer Strider in the third. Or or you can have Acuna, Freeman, Bats in the first. One of those. Not all of them. That would be silly. But you're gonna be really those... annoying. Are we talking five by five? Let's assume five by five for this purpose. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm say t- I'm gonna still take the hitter, I think. Uh, fourth round pick, and now I'm taking Strider, okay. for sure. So I think to to your to to John's question, that sort of gives you a sense of like, you know, a Strider. The first pitchers off the board will go in the first or second round because they always do, and so even getting a one to two round discount on your first choice starting pitcher, you would still pay full price for Acuna. Now, maybe it's not full price because if you're picking late in the first round, then a free right. It's actually, that it's actually a pretty, pretty huge bargain. Right. If you if you have the 12th pick and a 12-teamer, and you can keep Acuna for that 12th pick. Like, that's Ooh, an easy choice. Huge. Um, yep. But yeah. But the point is, you're, you're looking at, you need at least a two to three round discount on that top starting pitcher. And I, I think it makes sense. The reality is, like, I'm always lower on keeping pitchers and paying high prices for pitchers than you anyway, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to argue with that. I think there's a, actually a reasonable chance that I would pass on a fourth round strider for a first round Acuna. 
Um, It's close. It's close. I mean, I'm going to start to get more obvious for me. I feel like you could say the same thing. So I'm I'm not trying to come across as like braggadocious, but I, I trust my ability to like find pitchers later. Um, Whereas I think, I think hitters, hitters do a pretty good job often of just showing us who they are. And that's why they're so expensive and and pitchers are so unpredictable. Yep. I agree with that. So let's take another quick break. And when we come back, we got a couple more questions from listeners and one more piece of news I want to talk about. All right. Welcome back. Our next question from a listener. Uh, in Auto New League 652, there's a team called Galilean Gang. And they made a trade with the Scarlet Begonias. The gang gave up. $36 Scherzer, $2 Justin Topa, and $2 Torkelson for a $3 Bailey over, a $2 James Wood, and well, he wrote $4 Zach Gellog, but I assume that's Zach Gelloff. Um I, I wasn't so. planning on who the hell is Gellog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's Gellog, this is a terrible deal now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm oh assuming God. it's Gelloff. Uh, I wasn't planning on keeping Scherzer, he says. I'm out of the race. Begonias are in first, so the team that got Scherzer's in first. What do you think? So again, $36 Scherzer, $2 Topa, $3 Torkelson for $3 Ober, $2 James Wood, $4 Geloff. What's your reaction to that? I mean, I assume the first team's a buyer and the, the second team is the seller, right? Like the second team, the, the, I'm sorry, the team that's getting James Wood is is selling. Is selling, and the team that got Scherzer is in first right now. Yeah, I, I so I, I I just think it's fine. I I don't think there's a there's a winner or a loser there. I don't think you're keeping Max Scherzer, so why not throw a dart at a top five to ten prospect in James Woods? Like I, I think I think it's fine. And the, honestly, the way that Geloff is playing, like that's it. That's a fun dart throw. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I I think that deal is fine. I, I'm in on buying Scherzer too. By the way, I normally I'm a little hesitant on Scherzer. I just think he's locked in with the Rangers. Look great in his last outing. So. If you're uh, you know, trying to contend here, you're trying to win, go get him because he's going to be cheap. No one's keeping him. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm trying to grab Scherzer in one league where I'm contending. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately, but uh, I am interested in him. I think he is a, a good player to buy. I, I think my big concern with this trade is like Ober has struggled lately. And he, I think he just got sent down, actually. Um, I should double check he did. that. He did. That's what it's I probably just a, he was terrible in his last outing. I think it's a break. Yeah. But he's been, he's been struggling a bit lately. Wood is still, you know, an iffy prospect. And I do like Geloff, but, you know, it remains to be seen. I like him as a dart throw, as you said, right? I, have, I, I don't think he's, it remains to be seen how real all of this is from him. Right. Torkelson's been really good lately. He's been awesome. And so that's the big thing in this deal that that seems hard to me is like if I'm the Scarlet Begonias and I can get Scherzer and give myself some future value in a $2 Torkelson, like I really like this deal for that team. I like I said Ober got sent down. We think it's just a break, but like if he's out for, you know, 15 days in the minors, that's like half the rest of the season. <laughs> Um, and then Wood isn't helping you at all this year. Right. And Geloff, I like, I like, but I think I like, I like this deal 
very clearly for the Scarlet Begonias. And if I'm the other team in this deal, which is the, the person who asked us the question is the other team I'm um, and that, that by the way, it's sunny on Twitter at J 11 seven. I might try to like drop Ober and Torkelson from the deal and be like, let's just do Scherzer and Topa for Wood and Geloff. I would much prefer that because yeah, the, the two dollar and I think by the way, if I wouldn't get off for Scherzer and Topa is still fine. Like I think it's still a good deal for the begonias, but I just feel a lot better about that if I'm keeping Torkelson. I mean, Topa could walk in this room right now, smack me in the face. I'd have no idea who the hell he is. So I'm, I like that. That part of it is irrelevant to me. I, if you want Topa, fine. I do what I could to keep Torkelson because at two dollars. We very easily could look back at this trade and be like, the only player worth anything in this trade was yeah. was uh, was Torkelson. So, um, yeah, do what you can to keep Torque there. Yeah, so that's I, I would try to get that deal done without including Torkelson if you can, Mister Levin. Uh, but you know, it's not the end of the world if you have to. But I just I would I'd be trying to avoid giving him up if I could. Trying to take a quick look here. I think we have covered all of the listener questions we got. I'm just doing one last quick check just to be sure. Did you see anything else come in that I missed? I did not. I was just looking at your feed and I did not see it. it. Tani, we got the question from John. Yeah, I think that's it. So the other question I had that I, I, this just was brought to my attention Literally like three hours ago. Uh-oh. Um, Seiya Suzuki, apparently, right around the time I left the country, took a couple days off to like tinker, rework his swing, something like that, and has apparently been really good since then. And I had been like, if we go back to the beginning of last year, I had said, I expect him to struggle. It's hard adjusting to a new country. I think the time to buy in will be before the 2023 season because he's way overpriced at the start of 2022. Then he came out like gangbusters and then he was, he was actually quite bad most of last year mm-hmm. and it got covered up by how good his start was, but he got cut a lot in the off season. He got picked up this year. He's really struggled this year. And so I was sort of like the right time to buy him is to buy cheap at the beginning of 2023. He never really got that cheap, even though he probably should have. And then he became cheap because people were like, He's not even good. Like he's like, it's, it's been ugly. Um, a couple of my leagues, he got cut earlier in the season. He's been repicked up. Did he, did he fix something? I mean, is this like, is he about to be a star? Uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to go that far. Um, but I, I think the thing that sticks out to me, the most exciting thing about say is, you know, you said he, he made those adjustments. Well, his strikeout rate, I'm going to give it to you by month. In April, it was 24%. In May, it was 24%. In June, it was 25%. In July, it was 27%. Do you know what his strikeout rate in August has been? And it is August 28th. August is about to be done. His strikeout rate in August was 14.9%. So whatever wow. adjustment... I I don't know what adjustment he has made, um, but whatever it was, he's getting more balls in play. And this is where you can play the 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 stack ass card. 
everything for him looks good, right? Like, I mean, he's 94th percentile max exit velocity. And when he puts a ball in play on average, it's 91.2 miles an hour. That will play. That's with a launch angle that's in the line drive range. I mean, like he's, he has all the tools. So if he's cutting down on those strikeouts, which like weren't like a massive, massive problem for him, he's not like a 30% strikeout guy. But if he cuts down on it that much, the BABIP is going to go way up. And we're going to see, we're going to see a, a, a pretty, pretty substantial stat boost here for, for say Suzuki. So superstar, I'm not ready to say that yet, but um, all the people that cut bait, because I bet there's a lot of people, most people who took this dude cut bait with them are either regretting it or rushing to get him back. So I guess then let me ask you this. If you're, if you've got say on a roster, what's the price point at which you're like trying to sell on this hot streak because you're not going to keep him Mm. And you're hoping you can, you know, recoup some real value. Is it like, like, is he a keep? And I guess the other half of this question is like, what is the price at which you're like excited to keep him? Is it, mm. is it 20 bucks, 15, 10? Yeah, it's, it's on the lower end, right? Because I mean, at the end of the day, a full season's worth of numbers is more indicative of who he is than sure. one month. So this is a guy who's been really bad at, for for stretches of his major league career. So like, yeah, there's potential, and yeah, he's playing well at the moment. But unless he unless he basically does this for all the rest of September and and finishes where like you you don't even realize he had a tough tough most of the year because he was so damn good in August and September that the stats still look really good. Then we're looking at at least sub twenty dollars for sure, where I would have to consider keeping him mm-hmm. and. uh I see that that two zero or higher, and man, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd be able to go in unless he, unless yeah. again he, he continues I mean, this into his, September. His average salary is right around twenty bucks. Mm. Um, looking at just, I bet that's a huge leads. range, though. That's got to be a crazy. There's got to be like six dollars say a Suzuki's, and then there's got to be like thirty two dollars say a Suzuki's. Uh, let's see the. Go to our average salaries page. I'll pull that up in a second. I'm just looking at my leagues right now. And he is uh he is $31 in one of my leagues. He's $28, $27, $25, $22, 20, and 12. So the leagues where I'm contending, which are not very many this year, sadly, but at the leagues where I'm contending, he's 28, 22, and 25. Would you be trying to buy him as a contender right now? Like just try to gamble on this being legit and see if you can get him cheap. And if it's not, if he turns back into a pumpkin, you caught him, whatever. But like you willing to give up a prospect to get him in those leagues? Yeah, I think I, I think I'd go back to the Sedan Rafaela example just because he kind of fits the bolt, the build, right? Yeah. And if, if folks didn't see, he got called up today. It's It might be a short term thing. Maybe he's not the best example. Will you're a Braves on paternity leave. But I, th- I, I like the idea of t- blank top 100 prospect. Right, yeah. Ranked between fifty and hundred, I'd absolutely give that up for say Suzuki, even at twenty five bucks. If I'm contending, why why wouldn't you? Okay. And then in the leagues where I'm not contending, there's oh, I should say I'm also contending in the in the league where he's twenty bucks, but um, he's gonna be pricey. Yeah, he's gonna be harder to get there. Uh, in the league where he's twelve dollars, I'm not contending. The team that has him is. Would you? I mean, like. $26 Yelch for a $12 Saya? Yeah, I'd do that, right? Because, I mean, <laughs> even if 
even if he's like not even if he hasn't taken this like massive corner right like even if he's basically maybe he's a little bit better than he's been the last two years for fantasy he's not that bad like he's gonna be pretty good could be 20 homers and and he's gonna have a a, a decent wrc plus and not that that matters for fantasy but it proves he's a pretty good hitter so um yes for sure 12 dollars. i i wouldn't he's too talented okay interesting well i think oh and we're gonna check uh the high and low prices on him the cheapest say suzuki out there in the universe is six dollars and the most expensive is 35 Oh, it was so was close. It? You were so close. Oh, my God. That would have been awesome. Six. What did you say for the high end? 32. 32. Oh. I can't believe there's a $35 Seiya Suzuki 35. out there. Is that, yeah, yeah. Say, is that Mrs. Suzuki? <laughs> is, does she play odd new? <laughs> it, it, it might be. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if you're out there listening, person who has the $35 Seiya Suzuki. <laughs> Sell. Uh, let, us, let us know how you know Seiya. Did you grow up yeah. together? What's his favorite color? <laughs> um, Right. But uh, yeah, I think that about covers what I wanted to cover. Maybe we could talk, I guess the other, the news that, that I, I did mention I was familiar with, but Felix Bautista, we're, uh, are we still waiting for confirmation on his long-term prognosis? Technically, but I mean, come on, he's cooked. A guy that big that throws like a million <laughs> miles an hour has UCL damage. Like we have seen this this play four hundred million times before. I, I hate to say that that sucks, but it's he's gonna be fine. It's his freaking elbow. I think he's cooked for a year. I do. Okay. So, are you? I mean, at this point, are you? Are you? Would you trade him? Would you cut him? Are you like you're that confident? You're just like someone offers you oh, in a no. trade that they're gonna. Oh, okay. All right, because cut and trade are different. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to cut him. I'm ready to cut him. I want the I want the news to be official. Got it. But you would you would if somebody you know let's say like we're not going to know if the news is official before the deadline. Let's assume mm-hmm. that. And somebody offers you fifty cents on the dollar for him. You're contending in a league. They offer you a solid non elite reliever at a totally non keepable price. Are you like, yeah, at least I can replace his production for the next month? Or like are you a, like, eh? A fan graph points league? Yeah. Then, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd do that. Like, like a Raldis Chapman. Yeah. Although that might not be a great example because he's he might have the closers drop now. He's, so he's more than 50 cents on the dollar. But but yeah, I would yeah. I would probably do that. Yeah, I think, I think actually the question is... Uh, one on. for you is mm-hmm. right now, if somebody offered you a... You're going to say you'd cut both, but play with me here. <laughs> if somebody traded, say, offered you like an $18 Edwin Diaz for your $10 Felix Batista, are you taking that trade? No. I think I am. I don't think so. Okay. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm so not a fan of paying those kind of prices for relievers that I would rather gamble that Batista isn't cooked. Like the, to me that 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 eight dollar difference is enough that I would rather take a risk and end up with neither of them than give up that price difference. I think the so, better eighteen dollars is crazy expensive, but if if it was like a I don't know an eight dollar Edwin Diaz for a five dollar 
Felix Batista. I think I'd I think I'd make that trade. Eighteen is is yeah. I wouldn't keep an eighteen dollar. I, really I think I would do that, especially like Diaz is on the sixty day IL, so you are. He wants to pitch basic, this year. Yeah, that's true. I actually to be to be so in a weird way, the fact that he wants to pitch this year makes it worse. Like sure. I like that deal better if I'm in a situation where I can just like I clear Batista's roster spot, I pick up a free agent reliever to replace him. And then I know that I've got Diaz locked in for the future. Like I actually don't really want Diaz to come back this year. And then I have to like cut another reliever and put Diaz in the lineup. And he might be terrible because he's working his way back. And I don't like, right. I just, uh, you know, the Mets suck. Yeah, Why come do. back for that? Just yeah, that's relax. True. I, enjoy <laughs> your off season. Come back. Maybe he year, wanted maybe. to play in the minor leagues. Maybe that's what he was saying. Yeah. Well, do they have like a nice um, team in Miami, maybe? Or yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I do think yes. An eight dollar Diaz for a five dollar Bautista, unless here's the thing: I'm not making that deal until deadline day because I want to wait as long as possible on news on Bautista. But if we get to deadline day and I don't have news, and someone's like, "I'm willing to bet on Bautista coming back," I'll give you this eight dollar Diaz. Yeah, I would do that. Okay. Just lock in the production for next year. Yeah, for sure. Any other news? Anything else I, I might have missed that I, we haven't talked about? I think I should be like aware of that I could have just completely. <laughs> I think, I just think we we got a, we got a ton of content going forward. Um, I, like Car- One thing that stood out to me, Carlos Rodon yesterday, I've been waiting for this guy forever. Like 18 swings and misses on 84 pitches. Like, all right, finally the strikeouts have He's arrived. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he has, maybe he has emerged. Um, but no, just little things like that. Fortunately, I think all the UCL news is is out out in the open now. Knock on wood, because that's a terrible thing to say. Yeah. I have uh I have Rodon in League One where I'm not competing at $23 in a four by four league. And I'm kind of shopping him a little bit on the strength mm-hmm. of his last. Really, his last two outings, the last out, the, the the second of most recent outing, the strikeouts weren't there, but the results were overall pretty good. Um, so if you look at his, you know, two starts ago, you know, he made those like handful of starts off the IL and was just bad and then went back on the IL. And then he mm-hmm. came back and his first start back on August 22nd was against the Nats, which is, you know. Take it with a grain of salt. But one run on six hits and six innings without a walk. Uh, the one run was a home run, which sucks in any auto new format, but whatever. And just one strikeout. Then he came back against Tampa and he gave up two runs on four hits, including another home run. Also walked a couple over four and two thirds, which is not as good as the sort of overall line against the Nats, but he struck out seven over those four and two thirds. And so the combination of those two things, like, you know, 10 and two thirds innings, three earned runs, 12 walks plus hits and eight strikeouts. You're starting to be like, OK, now we're, we're starting to see what we what we wanted from him. Better um, late than never. Yeah, but I am nervous about keeping him at twenty five dollars next year. OK, and so I'm shopping him. I can't remember like where you kid- had him ranked going into the year. I, I know Hi. I had him. Yeah, I think I had him top 10. And I, yeah. in certain formats, like I play in a couple of Caper Nine leagues, I had him top five. So at twenty five bucks, I think I would. I, I traded for him. I traded Vinny. I think Vinny P for him, like straight up. I think that was the trade in League Thirteen, and I got him for nineteen dollars. And I can tell you, I, I think he's a keep at nineteen. 
I think I have to end up keeping him at 25 if if that's if there isn't a trade that works out. Um, and I'm not gonna. This isn't a like. I just want to dump him for whatever I can get. Like I want value for him. Mm-hmm. But I just. I don't know how much I can trust that he's healthy. Yeah, that's the story and, of his career. Yeah, and I just don't know that I want a twenty-five dollar guy on my on my books going into next season without confidence. He's going to throw, you know, a hundred, hundred and fifty innings. Yeah, that's where that's where it gets uncomfortable, right? Like I went into the season with Sale at twelve. And that I felt comf- like even if he has an injury plagued season or he sucks, which he's been both, um, you know, fine because it's 12 bucks. You start getting a 25, 26, 27. If you don't have that confidence, uh, I see you later. He's he's still only gone over 150 innings, even 140 innings twice in his career. It was good enough for the Yankees to give him six years, 800 billion dollars. So but if you're the Yankees and like, let's, you know, thank uh, God I'm not. Right. Well, let, let, I would say let's let's ignore what's happened this year because man, it's been ugly for them. But if yeah, you're the Yankees, you're paying him that money because you think like even if he only gives us a hundred innings, as long as he's healthy in September and October, we're good with that. Um, now this year being healthy now isn't going to help them any because it's too late for that to matter. But um, still good for them to see it for sure. Yeah, it's good for them to see it. But I, but I think my I guess my point is that like. There are other teams where if they gave him that money, I'd be like, oh, they really think they're going to get 150 innings out of him every year. And I think the Yankees are are a team where they're like, we will buy more innings if we need to buy more innings. We expect to be in the playoff hunt. And if he's ready to go for the playoffs, that's worth that contract. For right? Sure. Like, I, I think at some level, if you told the Yankees before they signed that deal, look, this is the deal it's going to take to sign him. He is going to throw... 10 innings for you every season, but he will be fully healthy and productive in the playoffs every year. They'd be like, okay, we'll pay that price for that. So I'm less, they give me less confidence. Like them doing this gives me less confidence in his ability to stay healthy than it would if it were a different team. Perhaps. Well, that, and this is a lot, putting a lot of faith in a medical team with the New York Yankees that has botched so much. And I always I have a hard time criticizing yeah. things like that because I, I have no idea the people that are making these decisions, what goes on behind the scenes. None of us do. Sure. But it just seems like where there's smoke, there's fire. And oh, my God, the decisions that this organization makes when it comes to the player's health is just a disaster. Yeah, no, you look at pitchers in particular, Severino and yep. Montas has been like, you know, it's possible they picked up Montas's damaged goods. But even that is like yeah, how did they let there? that happen and they they clearly like that hasn't gone well in terms of you know what comes next for him so yeah um i totally see that all right well i think that about does it we've covered i'm caught up i feel like i'm aware of what's going on in the baseball world now so thank you for that pete uh, we've answered some listener questions if you have other questions ahead of the trade deadline you can hit us up on twitter at keep or cut it us both up pete can be found at pete b baseball you can find me at chad young And if not, enjoy your trade deadline, and we'll be back with you next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.